Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned PhD. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. Hey, hey, everybody. Well, hey, I'm excited to be with you all today. Uh, It's been a great week. A lot of uh, exciting things have been taking place. And, you know, I'm ready to uh, get this show started. We're going to be talking about some great things today. And as usual, I'm pumped about that. It's always a good thing. Now, we've been talking about servant leadership this entire month, but we're getting ready to have the capstone at this point. We're actually going to bring this thing home. And today's title is Living a Life of Servant Leadership. And I want to give you tips for your success. And why is that important? There are so many news headlines that are taking place in the world today, some positive and some negative. Whatever we are exposed to by the media, we have to make a conscious choice about how we're going to live, react, and ultimately, how we're going to engage with others around us. On today's show, we're going to talk about how we can make some of those informed choices as it relates to implementing servant leadership in our lives and really on a daily basis, allowing it to permeate who we are. And here to help us do that is a very special guest. Dr. Joel Souza is going to be uh, sharing some of his perspectives on servant leadership and why it's important to make it a part of who we are on a daily basis and how we may be able to do that with a certain level of consistency. But before we do that, I want to remind you that if you go to jasoncarthen.com, I have some great personal development resources there for you. I also have some free gifts for you as well. So you definitely want to make sure that you want to take advantage of those. And I am here to serve you with Discover a Leader in You with expert business, leadership, and consulting tips. Now, without further ado, I want to introduce Dr. Joel Souza and provide a brief background. And it's a very storied background. Dr. Joel Souza is a professor of Old Testament at Malone University in Canton, Ohio, and has been teaching there since 1998. He also serves as lead pastor for the Church of New Hope in Stowe, Ohio. Dr. Souza has been a chaplain with the United States Navy Reserve, having earned his commission in 1991. He has held assignments with the U.S. Marine Corps, the Navy, and the Coast Guard. He was honorably discharged from the Chaplain Corps in December of 2004 after earning National Defense Ribbons for both Operation Desert Storm and Iraqi Freedom. He holds a Doctor of Theology degree in Old Testament from the University of South Africa. Dr. Sosa was ordained to the ministry through the Ohio District Council of the Assemblies of God in 1994. And then Dr. Sosa has served the church as a senior pastor, associate pastor, youth pastor, Christian education pastor, and evangelist. He's also a musician. He has written, performed, recorded, and produced 14 original worship songs, as well as released a single entitled Your Perfect Rest. Well, hey, welcome to the show, Dr. Sosa. How are you, sir? Fine, Jason. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, man. I tell you what, I thought I was going to run out of breath, man. You have so many accolades. (laughs) I don't know what to say, man. You have a very storied and accomplished life. Kudos to you. 
Well, I, I appreciate that. I can't say I played for the New England Patriots, but I don't know if you want to at this point. What do you think? <laughs> All in good time. I know that uh, you, you have the body for it. And I know if your beautiful uh, bride, Magdalia, is anywhere around, she would echo that same sentiment, wouldn't she? Yeah, she's probably smiling somewhere right now listening to this. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Well, hey, just for our listeners, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit, before we start digging into servant leadership, tell us a little bit about some things that you do outside of the church because you're involved in a lot of things, you know? I mean, tell us about family. Uh, I know you've competed in some uh, some Olympics, different things like that. So give our uh, listeners uh, just a better clarity about you. Professionally, I, as you said, I serve as professor of Old Testament at Malone University, as I'm also pastoring the Church of New Hope on Darrow Road in Stowe. So outside of that, it doesn't leave a whole lot of extra time, but I am the father of two wonderful children, a 21-year-old son who is a student now at Malone University, and my daughter is 14, and she's a cheerleader, and she's a dancer. And my wife and I, we've been married for, we just celebrated 25 years this past November. Wow. I, I really think, Jason, the only thing I can do anymore outside of my profession and my family and home life is I just try to stay healthy. And so uh, one thing I've gotten involved with in recent years as I was approaching age 50 is I learned you could stay competitive athletically in what's called the Senior Olympics. So I've tried my hand at a few things. Uh, almost died to a triathlon, actually. Uh, got into the water that was a little bit too too rough for me. So oh. Some of these things. <laughs> so I'm kind of taking it back to like 5K runs and that sort of thing. Just okay. Keep, keep going. Yeah, we don't want any casualties, man. I mean, that that would not have been good. So you had to dial it back a little bit, huh? Well, if I had died out there, my wife would have killed me, no doubt. So uh, it's Good thing I got out of the water. I said, you know what? I'll do this when they do it in a pool, not out in the lake. There you go. Smart man. Smart man. All right. Good stuff. Well, hey, Joel, you know what? You have the very important task of bringing us home. And I, and I thought, hey, there's no one better to actually put a capstone on the whole idea of servant leadership than someone that has a background not only in theology, but also just living life. I mean, you've seen a lot of things uh, in this lifetime. And and I think from a very practical standpoint, our listeners, and we have thousands of listeners, would like to know, what do you see servant leadership as? How would you define servant leadership? I've had to think long and hard about that, actually. Uh, and this past week, particularly thinking about two terms, leadership, servants, uh, independently, and then kind of bringing them together. We're not usually used to using the word servant more as an adjective than a noun. So as I thought about it, I think with leadership, honestly, Jason, I, I see myself as a guy who's more of a follower. I mean, the first thing I did leaving home as a young man is I, I went in the Marines at age 17 and learned to follow and learn things like chain of command and taking orders. And quite honestly, I liked that because in a sense there was a simplicity to it. Somebody tells you what to do and you do it. But I find myself later in life actually in places where I have to step up and lead. And what I find about leading is it's hard. Yes. Much no matter what, what kind of a context you're in, but you might envision a leader taking someone where they don't want to go. Right. Uh, and it's a, it's a difficult task. Uh, in, in referring biblically, for instance, in Romans 12, 8, where St. Paul talks about leadership as a gift, he says you have to do it with diligence. So I've been thinking about that this past week, that you have to do it diligently because it's not easy to do. And the servant side of it is really being willing to go with someone, in a sense, 
earlier generations, I think, may have tended to, uh, as leaders, separate themselves from those who are following. But I think today the model has moved more towards not so much separation from people, but trying to connect with them more. Instead of saying go, it's more of a let's go. I, I read a story uh, of a guy who climbed Mount Everest. He was an expert at it. When he was asked, what's the most rewarding thing about climbing this great mountain? And his response was taking others to the top with him. Oh, wow. Yeah. This has been a challenge to me to think about you know, trying to take others. As a pastor, I'm trying to take others more uh, into a place where they can find the presence of God and uh, experience uh, that, that part of uh, that necessary part of their lives. Yeah. And you know what, Dr. Souza, that is great, man. I mean, when you think about just some of the words that you use diligently, connecting more, you know, let's go as opposed to, you know, just do what I say and go. I mean, all those things are things that resonate with followers. And I, and I think at, at the end of the day, the very first thing that you said is that you learn how to be a follower first. And many of the people that I've connected with over the years, that is a common theme that I've heard. It's like, okay, how can I best lead others? And it's found through understanding what it takes to be a follower and a certain level of humility that you have to embrace in order to be able to lead other people. Because, you know, it's been my experience that when you humble yourself and you really pour into other people and allow them to be able to move forward, there's a greater likelihood that they're going to want to follow you. You know, they don't feel as threatened. They don't feel like they've been pushed into a corner. They want to follow you of their own volition at that point. So a lot of the things that you've shared uh, is right on point. It's right on point. Now, I'm going to get off script here a little bit because I want to ask you, you know, at the end of the day, you are working in a university setting. How do you view servant leadership with some of your students? I mean, do you do you share with them, hey, this is the way you need to react to things? Or how do you deal with your, your students from a servant leadership standpoint? Yeah, the university is really unique. When I think of the institutions that I've served in as far as types of work, I've been in business a little bit, mostly with family business, and then, of course, the church and the military. The, the university is very much opposite of, of the military as an institution. Yes. Where military, as I was mentioning, uh, there's a chain of command. Everything's pretty cut and dry, black and white. Uh, you have rank. Someone gives an order, you follow it. In the university, particularly as you work with fellow professors, I mean, that's one level. I mean, it's what I do in the classroom with students, but there's working in committee with fellow professors, and we professors are sort of straight past, where we uh, have very <laughs> highly specialized training, and we're, we're trained to criticize and critical thinking kinds of things. So that's really a tough group if you, when you're leading in that kind of a context. And everyone is very good at reading and thinking and so on. Right. Uh, as far as the classroom, Jason, the students, it's, it's very indirect, I would say, in that you're role modeling. And the, and the way that I know that I'm role modeling is, uh, is they'll say things to me. Like I'll find out that if they're hearing me lecture, they're talking about, you know, would, would Professor X win a wrestling match against Professor Y? And uh, they're always analyzing your clothing and, and these kinds of things, your styles, your hairstyle. So I'm really more and more attuned to the fact that the leadership is more about them watching what I'm doing, not only hearing what I'm saying. What am I doing? How am I steering myself? What do I look like? And that's really a primary way to lead to this right there in the classroom. Another way, I think, in, in, within the classroom setting is that we have students who have special needs from time to time. 
Yes. And they require special testing accommodations. And as professors, you know, we need to provide that for them. But it, it's demanding for us. We have to do extra work to create that space for them and to make that kind of thing happen. So as servant leaders, we're always looking out for those who, who may need a little bit of extra help as well. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, the university, you know, it's interesting because it's, it's – Leading students isn't quite as challenging as leading, say, a congregation or military unit or that kind of thing. It's, it's, okay. it's a place where we, together, we talk about leadership and, and that sort of thing. So it's almost like a, a certain level of openness then. I mean, when you're talking about modeling, you know, and having a certain level of expectation, you know that they're watching you so that as a, as a servant leader, you're very intentional with how you're doing these things, though, right? I mean, as they're, give you an example. If you walk into a classroom and you have students that it may be the first day of the semester and they're taking a look at you and you know how to set the tempo. But if you are operating from a servant leadership standpoint, you're going to set the tempo that you want them to follow and learn and grow from, Correct. That's correct. They're going to size me up. The first day is the most nerve-wracking day because you yes. walk in as a stranger and you've got how many ever, you know, 40, whatever pairs of eyes are on you, and they're looking at you from head to toe. Yes. They're looking to everything you say. And so I have learned even more recently to be exceedingly deliberate about that first day, even dispensing with traditional things like maybe not going over the syllabus right away. Uh, introducing them to my family, uh, buy pictures on the screen, talking a little bit more about myself, uh, and being very real, very human. I think one thing students want to see in a, in a university setting is, is their professor just a talking head or are they real-life human beings who, you know, who feel like they do? They're very interested in seeing if you're on Facebook and that kind of thing. Wow. So, uh, after day one, it, it gets better. Okay. Well, you know what, uh, Dr. Sosa, we're going to take a break here in about a minute. But, you know, just uh, I want to touch on that a little bit more when we come back, because the reality is that you said basically you have to break things up a little bit and not be as uh, married to what you would normally do. And I think that is a servant leader. I mean, you're doing what you need to do for your followers. And that's that's so important. Hey, everybody, we're on the line with Dr. Joel Souza. We're talking about servant leadership, and this gentleman is already dropping some nuggets. We're excited about it. Stay with us, and we're going to dig into this even more. This is Scott Garcher with FedEx Custom Critical, and we'll deliver you back to Dr. Jason Carthorn on Discover the Leader in You. 20 years of credit counseling and debt management services. More than 36,000 program members freed from credit card debt. Nearly $100 million saved in high interest and finance charges. It's Trinity's 20th anniversary, and these are just a few of the milestones we're celebrating as we begin our third decade of helping people become debt-free for keeps. Did you know that members who complete our program save on average more than $20,000 in interest? My name is Mike. From the very first phone call, Trinity brought us relief by stopping all the late fees and collections calls, greatly reducing our interest and consolidating our bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. 
payment. Now we're on track to save nearly $17,000 in finance charges. Happy 20th anniversary, Trinity. Thanks for helping so many save so much. And Trinity can help you, too. Call 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. Are you covered? Whether you are signing up for health insurance for the first time or renewing your current policy, we're here to provide free help. Our trusted certified counselors will work with you to personalize a plan that meets your needs and fits your budget. Plus, we'll help you understand insurance discounts that are available. Find out more at areyoucoveredohio.org or by calling us at 1-800-648-1176. That's 1-800-648-1176. Sponsored by the Ohio Network for Health Coverage and Enrollment. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Who might you save? Your mother, your father, your husband, uncle, aunt, son. Learn fast. F-A-S-T. The sudden signs of a stroke. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. You could save. Your friend, teacher, boss. So learn F-A-S-T. Then pass it on because you never know who might save you. Your wife, your colleague. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. All right, good people. Hey, we have been talking to Dr. Joe Souza on Discover the Leader in You. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Carthen, the leadership linebacker. Whenever I have a chance to talk about serving leadership and just really help people to move forward in life with a certain level of passion, I jump at that opportunity. And we're doing that today. Dr. Souza is dropping some nuggets and we are picking those up. And one of the things that I really want our listeners to realize is that if you want to help your followers, you have to remove barriers. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to remove things that may be stopping them from reaching their full potential. And Dr. Sosa just shared with us that sometimes you have to get off script. You have to do things a little differently. And Dr. Sosa, can you share a little bit more? You said that first day of class really sets the tempo and you want to make sure you give your students the best opportunity for success. Give us a little bit more uh, information relative to that. Well, I want to always start lecturing at them right away. Take my time, maybe abbreviate the class a little bit. They get a feel like, oh, this guy's not going to necessarily be a school task master. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> right. he's real in that way. Uh, we don't need to be there necessarily for the full hour and 15 minutes, whatever the course might be. I like to kind of bring them along, if you will. Here's a little bit about myself. These are the kinds of things we'll be doing in class. Give a lecture, not a lecture, but give some kind of uh, anecdotal story or something that lightens it up. Uh, try to uh, determine for them why this is an important course of study that we'll be looking at. And like you say, go off script a little bit and, and um Saving the heavies for a little bit later and being a little bit more user-friendly, I suppose you might say. Nice. So I, and I'm learning as I go, quite honestly. I'm, I'm kind of finding that what's happening in my profession. Of course, I'm getting older every year that I go back. But right. my students keep coming in as 18-year-old freshmen. You know? So <laughs> I'm, the part of being a servant leader for me is to just try to feel out and the, the culture and the environment of what's it like to be an 18-year-old I'm back some years ago, my seminary professor, one of my most important influential seminary professors, uh, he had me review a book for him that he was publishing. And what he told me is, you know, you're, you're as close to a, an 18-year-old freshman that I can get to. So read this and 
tell me what you think. Wow. So that's another thing that, that I can be doing is just trying to connect. I have a son who's at the university right now, so he's a, he's a good sounding board for me. Absolutely. No, that's good. And you need to use your resources. And I, you know, one of the things that you shared that our listeners probably uh, picked up on, I mean, if we continue to just do what we do in our regular job setting and we don't seek out input or advice or clarity around things, then we're really painting ourselves into a corner. And when you have those young people (laughs) that are coming in every year, like you said, 18 year old freshmen, you have to figure out how to best navigate you know, that relationship, because everyone is going to react differently, you know, to your type of teaching, your type of leadership style. And if we just kind of flip this and put it into organizational setting, it's the same thing. When you have a new hire that's been onboarded, you have to make sure you understand who they are, how they're going to react to things, and really what makes them tick, what they get excited about. So, it's good that you're continuing to do that. But let me ask you now, if, if that's the case, how did you know to do that? Ha- have there been servant leader role models in your life? And if so, who were they? What did it look like? I think in the present moment, I have friends who are professors that I learn from. Uh, most definitely, uh, they have their unique gifts, and I, I try to hear from them. Uh, but in my own life, as I look back, I can probably pinpoint certain key individuals uh, in ministry, in my studies, in the military. Let me start with my seminary life. I mentioned Dr. Bill Arnold already. He's now a professor over at uh, Asbury Theological Seminary. Okay. But uh, what I noticed is when I went to seminary, and I was in my late 20s, and he was in his late 30s, there was just such a subtle kindness and humility to him, and yet he spoke so well and so eloquently and was clearly so learned. And he's the one who brought me in to be a teaching assistant under him, and eventually... I followed suit and went into the same field as that he did. But what I noticed with him is that he was very different than the kind of caricatures you will get in movies sometimes when you see a university classroom setting and everything's kind of stoic and the professor is removed and maybe yes. somewhat arrogant. You know, you see a lot of this kind of thing. In fact, that, that that movie, God's Not Dead, I mean, there's <laughs> the epitome of this professor. Yes. Arrogant and self-centered. Uh, but I don't know that that's really reality. And my experience uh, in seminary and in other places of theological education was definitely Christ-like teachers that just through humility, basic fruit of the Spirit, really role model for me the kind of professor that I want to be, the kind of person I want to be. Wow, that's great. And it sounds like they did a good job. Now, and I have to let our listeners know, I mean, I I know Dr. Souza not only uh, professionally, but also in the past, I had the opportunity to see him in the classroom (laughs) and to really see his style and how he interacted. And and I tell you what, it was impactful to me. It actually wanted me to explore becoming a uh, professor and also just going on and getting the Ph.D. and and just understanding what it means to be in academia and move forward in life. And, you know, Dr. Sosa, I have to tell you that, man, I tell you what, when we had those uh, early interactions and seeing you in the classroom and how you dealt with students, man, that was that was great. So you are effectively passing along <laughs> what you learned in the same way, which is a well, good thing. Well, you can thing. imagine how I felt, Jason. I'm talking about day one of certain classes. Well, how often do I get to walk into a class full of former professionals and <laughs> semi-professional athletes, right, that you yes. were in? <laughs> yes. And I've got guys who played, you know, they were linemen for the Seattle Seahawks and 
I've mm-hmm. got the Hall of Famer Lem Barney, who's all personality anyhow. And then there's this 260, whatever pounds, six foot three, six foot four guy that I called. I said, you had to be a linebacker. I was right. I called you up. You were dead on, man. You were dead on. And those were, you know, Joel, and I, we'll digress here for a second. Those were the days, man. I, I just remember. You know, it was one of those things, man. I, I applaud you because you you walked into a room full of testosterone, <laughs> a lot of big guys, and and we had fun, and you fit right in. You were cracking and 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 all of that. So, you know, serving leadership at its best. That was great. You guys were gracious to me. Thanks for bringing me along, and I'm glad to see the path you've taken and what you're doing now in life. It's wonderful. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Well, and keeping in that same vein, you know, have you done any servant leading outside of the church or just Christian university? I mean, what other types of uh, servant leadership have you delved into over the years? Sure. Let me talk about two areas, Jason, if you'll let me. First of all, my military experience. Mm-hmm. I referred to that a bit. Uh, I was 19 years old. I was a corporal in the Marine Corps, age 19, at the E-4, and I was in the reserves, and I was serving uh, an infantry battalion. And my assistant platoon commander, he knew I was going to college at the same time. For some reason, he thought I was a math major. I, I don't know what it was, but uh, that's what he assumed. So he put me in this position, which is called the FCC, which is the Fire Direction Center, or the Fire Direction Chief. Okay. For what was an 81 millimeter mortar platoon, and uh, that's oh, a wow. lot of firepower to send down range, and it's a lot of responsibility for a 19 year old, 130 pound kid. Yes. And I remember reading about. It. I had to study really hard to learn how to be at the one who directs the fire for these mortars, and the pressure was enormous, and uh, the the rate and, and the age was typically a 26 year old man who was like a staff sergeant. So I got kind of thrust into leadership when I really wasn't done being a follower yet. Uh, but think, <laughs> Isn't that how it normally works, though? <laughs> yeah, you, you said, and what I've seen in others is they rise to the occasion when you yes. give them a chance. Like, I've seen that. You let others come into a position, and most of the time, especially if the, if the call of God is there, they're going to rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. But can I tell you my favorite story along these lines? Sure, it's, yeah. It's a military one. Okay. And this is a little bit later, Jason, because I went back into the service as a chaplain. And uh, I was turning about 40 years old, so I wasn't as young as I used to be in those, you know, battalion runs and that sort of thing. And I I checked in to what was my former unit, the 3rd Battalion, 26th Marines, located right here in the Cleveland area and in other parts uh, around the state and surrounding states. As a battalion, it's a cold weather infantry battalion back in the day. It's changed, I think, now, which uh, kind of a, a tip of the spear kind of a thing. And when I reported in as a battalion chaplain, there was another battalion chaplain there, and he and I were friends. And he represented one faith tradition, and I represented another faith tradition. But I noticed for him, he didn't he didn't have any prior experience uh, as an enlisted person in the military. And uh, the time came when I reported him that front day that I was with him in the office area. And the announcement came with a loudspeaker. You know, Marines form up. We're going on a battalion run. So you know what that means. You're, you're going to line up. You're going to sing the songs. And out you go. And you never know how, you're, how far you're going. You know, it's not like I'm going to go off for a dog. You're, you're in the formation, and you're with it to the duration. Oh, wow. Well, the other chaplain who had been there and had been there chaplain for a while sort of hid to the corner and, and never came out of the office. And I had to make a decision. What am I going to do? Because I didn't really feel like going for the run. But I made a decision. 
if I'm going to be these guys, Stefan, I just better get in the fray and just go for this run. So, Joel, let me let me do this. We got to take a quick break, okay. and I want our listeners to hear what you're going to share because this sounds like this is going to be thrust into leadership. <laughs> so, everybody, stay with us. Joel is going to share with us after this quick break. We'll be back with more Discover the Leader in You on WHK. This is Dan Klimas, president of Lorraine National Bank. We have money to lend, and with interest rates so low, our team of friendly home loan specialists can show you a wide range of financing options, whether it's for buying your first home or to refinance. And now, for a limited time, save $250 off closing costs. Simply stop into one of our offices, go to 4LNB.com, or call 440-244-6000. Let us help. Lorraine National Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender, loan subject to credit approval. Hello, gorgeous. Bare Minerals just won its 10th Glammy Award for Best Prestige Foundation. And to celebrate, we're offering risk-free trials of Bare Minerals makeup to all women nationwide. That's right. Every woman who calls right now can get a full-size risk-free trial of Bare Minerals makeup, plus a free five-piece makeup set. For yours, call 1-800-400-3175. This is an exclusive radio-only offer you don't want to miss. Bare Minerals Foundation gives you flawlessly beautiful coverage with a no-makeup feel. And it's clinically proven to promote clearer, healthier-looking skin. No wonder it's won 10 Glammys in a row. And now you can try Bare Minerals Makeup for yourself. Call now to find out how you can participate in our nationwide risk-free trial and join the millions who've already tried Bare Minerals Makeup and fallen in love with their skin again. Plus, we'll send you a free five-piece makeup set, our gift to you. Hurry, don't miss this exclusive radio-only offer. 1-800-400-3175. 1-800-400-3175. You wouldn't leave your car unprotected. So why leave your identity unprotected? Nearly half a million cars were stolen in 2012. For every car stolen, 34 people had their identity stolen. Identity thieves can take your money, damage your credit, and wreak havoc on your life. Help protect yourself with LifeLock Ultimate Plus, the most comprehensive identity theft protection available. It provides protection for your social security number, bank accounts, investments, even the equity in your home. Your bank may alert you to suspicious credit or debit card activity, but a thief could still open new accounts in your name, and your credit report may only tell you after your identity's been compromised. While no one can stop all identity theft, LifeLock Ultimate Plus watches out for you in ways that banks and credit card companies alone just can't. Visit LifeLock.com and use promo code AWARE or call and mention AWARE to save 10%. Call 1-800-838-6010. 800-838-6010. 800-838-6010. Network does not cover all transactions. I'm little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pull me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. And now, back to Discover the Leader in You. Hey, hey, everybody. You know what? We are having a fantastic Sunday afternoon, and Dr. Souza is sharing some things with us. And 
Right before we uh, took our break here, we were talking about being thrust into leadership, and Dr. Sosa had to make some really uh, tough decisions. So you want to fill us in? What what occurred? Well, I got in that formation and ran with the Marines, and uh, one poor young Marine was struggling, and so I fell back to run with him to encourage him along the way as we were running. And I just want to tell you what the platoon sergeant said. He came up next to us. He's running sort of, uh, if you remember Sergeant Carter in his old days, from Gomer Pyle show. But he, yes. <laughs> he comes to this poor young Marine. He's saying, look who's next to you. Look who's running with you. God is with you. And oh. uh, I got the kick out of that because I thought, well, his theology's not very good. But what it did tell me is for this young man, there was a recognition that if I was really going to be the chef and I had to be one of them, I had to be able to kind of do what they do, like I said earlier, not just go, but let's go. And it's probably one of the most poignant moments where on day one, I think I earned the right. Mm. What they call, I think it's called street, street cred. Is that what they call street cred? Street credibility. There you go. Good job. Yeah, and, <laughs> and so I was their chaplain for a few years after that and just really had a, a good time reaching out and doing the kind of ministry that I needed to do as their chaplain. I think had I stayed back in that office that day and thought, eh, I'm too old, I'm too tired for this. I just would have never been a leader and certainly not the kind of servant leader that I was hoping to be. Well, and I tell you what, I mean, that's that at the end of the day is what people need to realize. You need to be able to walk in it, you know, and understand that there is a reality of not only demonstrating a certain type of leadership, but being able to risk you know, just saying, okay, I am not different than you. I want to make sure I am, you know, giving you an example that you can follow. And sometimes the best way to do that is to really jump in the trenches uh, with with your people. Now, some people may find that a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I know when I go into organizations, they, they like that invisible line that says, you know what, I am different than you are. I am in a position of leadership. And and I want to do things my way, and I don't have to answer to anyone. So, you know what, Dr. Sosa, let me, let me ask you, what about that leader who is averse to servant leadership? And they're saying, well, I don't want to jump into the fray. I don't want to be a part of it. I just want people to do what I tell them to do. And at the end of the day, let's keep this separation. What would you say to them? Yeah, I think that that model kind of – uh, referred to that earlier. I know that John Maxwell has written about that model as well. That uh, kind of an old model that, that's somewhat outdated. Um, I think when we read, when I study biblical leaders, particularly the Old Testament, since that's the area that I teach most, you look at Moses. I mean, Moses doesn't say, hey, go march through the wilderness. I mean, he's right out there with them. And uh, in fact, I was looking at the book of Numbers today, chapter 16 and 17, where he is being so challenged for his leadership. Uh, and to the point of despair, and God really steps in and, and shows strongly that he is he's with Moses, who is leading the people along the way. And certainly this is what the gospel is. The incarnation is God stepping into our world. Christ is the ultimate servant leader. He comes, he, he carries pain for the rest of us, and I think clearly just need to do this, is take the pain uh, of those around them, and they're willing to, to take risks, and they're willing to carry pain to try to forge ahead and to try to move in the direction they feel they need to move. Wow, that's that's powerful, you know, and it's it's going to require some things of you. If I'm hearing you correctly, you know what, it's not going to be easy, 
you know, and and it's one of those things that as long as we are trying to be intentional, though, and walking, you know, with our followers during the process, they'll be better for it, correct? Yeah, and if I can just continue to build off of uh, seeing Moses is really the model, the way he's called of God, and he doesn't even want it. I'm not worthy, and yet he's he's humble, and he, he takes the mission, and Jeremiah follows the same kind of pattern. I'm too young, I can't do this. It's the ones who are maybe too anxious sometimes that, that you worry about. And Jeremiah refers to those in the 23rd chapter of his book, and, you know, the prophets who are too quick to run to speak that they have the word of the Lord. But I think of Isaiah, if I can refer to him, Jason. Isaiah, in Isaiah 6, the woman passes about his call, and he beholds the Lord in his glory in his temple, and he hears God saying in all his glory, whom shall we send and who will go for us? And Isaiah does something we don't see a whole lot of. He volunteers for the mission, and then God begins to tell him what the mission entails, which is going to be a time of great devastation. Yes. Enemy army is going to come in, and so Isaiah then responds with, how long? I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't really, I don't know that I wanted to volunteer for this. Right. That's <laughs> something about uh, leadership, particularly within the context of the church and leading God's people, that it is a difficult, difficult, difficult task. It is. It, it really is. Models before us. And, you know, like Paul says, well, what if I don't preach the gospel? I'm constrained. There's, there's a certain part of, I do this because I have to do this. Right. All of God in that context of leadership. Anyhow. And see, and I like what you just uh, shared. And I and I, you know what? I have a special guest in the uh, studio. My my beautiful bride. She just walked in. Uh, bride, can you say hi at least here? Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is a special treat for me. Joel, you know, yep. Mrs. Carthen. Say hi to Peretti and, and apologize that I misspelled her name. <laughs> That's okay, but I thought it very appropriate to just kind of ask briefly because my wife served in the military as well, and she shares all these different stories all the time about, you know, they've had to run through the woods and it was freezing cold outside, and, and she was charged with carrying the flag and, and representing, you know, just uh, her group and you know what, honey, I just want to ask you, was it something that you saw demonstrated that allowed you to really jump in the fray and, and be the type of leader that was out front? Was it something that you saw modeled? I would have to say yes. Uh, my uncle Rafael Santiago and my uncle Nelson Santiago, they both served in the military. And growing up in my home where my father wanted to be in the military and he couldn't um, due to language barriers and, and a couple of struggles that he had growing up, I felt like, wow, how could I show appreciation for his sacrifice and, and for the things that they do? And so I enlisted without letting anybody know. Um, I also wanted to follow in the footsteps of my cousins, Lydia Santiago, Edwin Santiago, who served in the military as well. So it was kind of I kind of felt like, OK, this is like something that we do. And I uh, just wanted to jump in there and did it. Wow. Well, and I tell you what, uh, Joel, and you probably echo these same uh, sentiments with basic training. You have to have a, a steely will to be able to do that sort of thing, right? Yeah, I got on the airplane to fly down to Paris Island uh, for basic training, and I got over another guy, a little older than me, and he was drinking the whole way down. We got there, and he was in for quite a shock when we met our first drone instructor. Oh, what and happened? What happened? He, well, the, the problem was is he really wasn't prepared to go. I think he signed and listed probably when he had a little bit too much to drink. All he could talk about was his girlfriend. For me, I just was determined that this is what I was going to do. So I was ready and uh, 
was able to take the task on and successfully complete it, whereas you know, he was gone within a few days. But a lot of it has to do with counting the cost, as Jesus taught, mm-hmm. thinking about these things, and uh, putting your, your hand in the plow, so to speak, and going forth once you know what you're supposed to do. And I think that's what leaders have to do. They that's have right. to be willing to forge ahead when it's very difficult because they're determined that they have the call to do this in the, in the sense that if they have the call to do it, it, it means that the person next to me doesn't. They're called to follow, and I'm going to go for whether they follow or not. This is what we're going to do. That's right. Yeah, I, the military was a, was a great great training ground for leadership. Right. And, and, you know, from the sounds of it, it, it really, really separates that what the, the description you just uh, put out there for us. It really separates the two. I mean, if you are if you're called to do it, you know, then you are out front and you're able to do some things and the followers, they're going to be able to interact, learn from you. But a question for both you and Meridi, I guess, at this point, I mean, if you have a follower who they aspire to be a leader, you know, and a servant leader. Uh, do you really, if you illuminate a pathway for them, you know, is there a process where they can grow into a servant leader role? And that's that's a question for both of you, whoever wants to take it. Ladies first. A <laughs> nice one. <laughs> well, I do yeah. have followers that uh, that want to follow in my footstep. I have uh, my baby girls who look up to me every day and, and want to be like mommy when they grow up. At least that's what they tell me to my face. So uh, not quite sure what goes on when I'm not around. But um, I think that if you pour into your followers the best that you can, what you have, the rest is just a, a self-process that they have to to develop themselves. And wow. it's not how we want them to be servant leaders. It's how God wants them to be servant leaders. That's awesome. That That is a great <laughs> example there. Joel, we got about a minute and a half here before we take another break. Do you uh, care to share a little bit? Well, I would speak more from the context of the Christian pastor quoting Paul, follow me, <laughs> follow Christ, you know, and so following Christ uh, is is uh, what we're trying to forge for other folks. But I want to, since we already referred to family, I mean, that, that's a very important Yes. starting point for having leadership. I'm a leader just because I'm a father and I'm a husband. I'm already a leader whether I want to be. I think that's right. probably in fatherhood and husbandhood, uh, the ball is dropped immediately because we don't even recognize that we have that role whether we want it or not. So mm-hmm. my wife and I, at the end of the day, we sometimes just laugh at the amount of work we had to do. Laundry, garbage, dishes, gas, mail, bills. <laughs> uh, the first thing, do the grocery. Oh, yeah, and then we got a couple of jobs to do on top of that. Yeah. And... That's servant leadership. Are we getting the job done? Are we role modeling to our kids what a healthy, functioning home looks like? And so that they take up that kind of a work ethic and, and want to build a similar thing. So oftentimes our leadership is very subtle, not with words, it's with that. Yeah, and see, that's good stuff. But I think it's something that our listeners need to hold on to because what they're doing in their homes, they are leading right now and do not discount that so be intentional with it as dr sosa shared with us and also as Marita shared with us we have to be intentional with it and that's why we have discovered a leader in you and my life's passion is to make sure we are equipping leaders to carry out and walk in their destiny stay with us everybody we'll be back in a second
This is Dan Tullis, and I just called Joel Clark, one of Select Quote Insurance Services Term Life Agents. Hi, Mr. Tullis. Joel, how does Select Quote save you money on term life insurance? Well, buying term life insurance is all about choosing the right company. Let's say you take antidepressants or you smoke. All insurance companies are going to price that differently. We'll impartially shop all the companies we represent to find you the best price. Can you give me an example? Sure. I just got a man, 40 years old. On cholesterol medication, a $500,000 policy with a highly rated insurance company, his price, $22 a month. Call 1-800-600-1582 and see how affordable term life insurance can be. That's 1-800-600-1582. 1-800-600-1582. Or go to selectquote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. This is an urgent message for all individuals with extremely large credit card debt. No matter how much you owe on your credit cards, the company that has settled more debt than anyone in the U.S. could settle your debt too. While you make one low monthly program payment, you have the opportunity to hear how low your monthly program payment could be for free. This free information is available now simply by calling Freedom Debt Relief at 1-800-700-6518. I repeat, if you have extremely large credit card debt, you now have the ability to reduce your total debt and get one simple low monthly program payment. This could allow you to resolve your debt faster than you ever thought possible. But you should act quickly. Call Freedom Debt Relief now to learn how much you could save. 1-800-700-6518. Again, this life-changing information is available for free. To find out how much you may be able to save, call today. 1-800-700-6518. That's 1-800-700-6518. 1-800-700-6518. Come and see why more and more people are buying their Cadillacs from Medina Auto Mall. Check out these January offers. 2015 ATS, where luxury meets style. All-wheel drive, transportation, courtesy lease cars for just $329 a month, 39 months. Zero do it signing. It's the Medina Auto Mall Advantage. Come in and experience the 2015 Cadillac lineup and check out the attractive buys on remaining 2014s. Medina Auto Mall, a GM mark of excellence dealer. All roads lead to Medina Auto Mall, I-71 at Route 18, a Pantech-owned dealership. It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then, hey, the dreaded (laughs) splash fight. It's dad o'clock, and it's the best time of the day. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hey, everybody. We are back. We've been talking to Dr. Joel Souza. He is a professor at Malone University. We've been really discussing the idea of living a life of servant leadership and really talking about some tips for your success. But you know, everyone, you know, this is my segment here. I have to share Dr. Carthen's Corner. And each week, you know, I feature an individual company or service that demonstrates civic engagement and shows a commitment to character, integrity, and destiny-focused leadership. 
This week, I am featuring the President's Council Foundation located in Cleveland, Ohio. The PCF's mission is to act as a catalyst for inclusion to support, develop, and advocate for current and future generations of African-American entrepreneurs and leaders. They carry out their mission with compassion and respect by developing relationships and resources to support the economic growth of African-American businesses and providing business education for African-American youth. I've personally seen how Nicole Bell, who is the executive director of PCF, has a laser focus on research and entrepreneurial education in Northeast Ohio's African-American community. I just want to applaud all of you for what you do at the PCF, and I want to encourage you to get involved with them, take a look at them, and connect. And remember, everyone, if you want to be featured on Discovery Leader and You, just send me an email to radio at jasoncarthen.com and let us know why you think you should be featured. Now, Joel, I have to ask you, uh, you are an author. Can you tell me a little bit about this book that I've heard <laughs> about? You know, you, you tell me it's something related to diet and eating properly. I need some help with that. Talk to me. <laughs> I will. Jason, too, I'm also remembering. Remember, next Sunday, you're my guest, so we need to talk about that a little bit. You're going to come, and I'm going to host you. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Absolutely. we got to. Uh, yeah, I wrote a book in 2008, and uh, it's called Food and God, a Theological Approach, Eating, Diet, and Weight Control, published wow. by Whip and Stock out of, uh, out of Oregon. And basically what I'm doing in that book, I mean, it's not a book on servant leadership per se. I could probably draw some principles sure. from the book on servant leadership. But what I'm doing in the book is I'm challenging people to think, not just from the standpoint of medical science, nutrition, health. I'm challenging us to think ethically about the way we grow food, eat food, distribute food, um, and to, to look at our larger world and the crisis we have with people starving in the world or the way... Uh, we really abuse our environment by the way we uh, grow and purchase our food and so on. So the book looks at uh, the Old Testament, looks at the New Testament. For instance, the starting point of the Bible, kind of interesting, and even in the creation account of Genesis 1, who's right there? God has already prepared for the separate table for humans to come. And then when they come, God plants the garden. We see that in Genesis 2. Right. And then even the, if you think about the whole temptation in Genesis 3, it revolves around you know, an eating choice. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Eve is uh, challenged about eating a piece of fruit that's forbidden. And so the whole framework of what we see in Genesis 3, theologically speaking, about the collapse of the world and evil and sin, it revolves around a food choice. So I, I really tease that theme out in my book. And my favorite chapter of my book, just five chapters, about 100 pages, but my third chapter is on the issue of gluttony. And I really have an intensive look at the issue of gluttony, what it means, how the Church has really talked about it ever since Gregory the Great, back about 100 A.D. And uh, I think it's one way, really, to be a servant leader, is to right. learn from what Gregory the Great said, how we practice gluttony in ways we don't even know. We eat too expensively or too greedily, or too much, too soon. That's right. So we think when we do things around here, like growing gardens, uh, trying to eat more locally, these sorts of things, taking leadership uh, in the sense of just being better stewards of our environment, yeah. And, and see, Joe, I think that, you know, creating that resource for people is just so important because people have a lot of questions, you know, and my wife is still here with us in the studio. And, you know, she has actually created she has a, a group on Facebook. Uh, she's an avid marathon runner. She's 
fit. She does all these different things. And, honey, let me ask you, based upon what Joel just shared with us, do you think it's important to have balance, you know, to to work out, be fit, run these marathons that you're running, but then also to, to balance it with family? Absolutely. Um, if you if you do not have balance, then then you're it's almost like you're running on empty because yeah. you're, you're focusing so much on either trying to stay fit or, you know, it's like the Snicker commercial where if you don't have something like the sweetness, you just, you turn into a diva, uh, at least for me anyways, but you have to have balance. Um, I always try to make it a, a good, healthy choice when preparing meals for our family. You know that I don't make a salad for you and me and then give the kids chicken nuggets. I, I try to do it, you know, everybody together because at the, at the end of the finish line, it's we're in it together. And what I want for you is the same thing I want for myself. Yeah. And see, that's excellent. I, I think just the example you just gave us. Now, you have some people that are probably going to be outraged because they like chicken nuggets. Uh, I myself, I like chicken nuggets, too. But <laughs> right. But if I serve you chicken nuggets, we're having chicken nuggets as well. That's the whole point. It's balance. I'm not going to deprive myself from from having chicken nuggets or even a burger. I mean, sometimes after a marathon, you're like, baby, what do you want to eat? I'm like, take me to Five Guys. I want a Five Guys burger. (laughs) It's all about balance. I just ran 13.1 miles. Hey, Joe, what do you have to say about the Five Guys here and servant leadership? (laughs) Man, I've only eaten there once. And I needed needed the Five Guys. It was about 300 napkins by the time I ate it, honestly. (laughs) Uh, I think particularly in in the the home, you know, we, we have to, to show ourselves as leaders in those areas pertaining yes. to health and fitness and diet and so on. So I, I, I can enjoy a good burger with, an, with anybody, but That's it's right. like Marie says, just, just a good sense of balance. That's right. Absolutely. Now, so we only have a few more minutes left. And, and Joel, I, I have to ask you, it's my understanding that you have a big event coming up. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this event on next Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday? Yes, I would like to tell you about that. I am inviting into my church, which is the Church of New Hope, 4415 Darrow Road in Stowe, Ohio. Mm-hmm. I'm inviting in former NFL football player, a guy by the name of Jason Harkin, who now holds a PhD. <laughs> and uh, Jason, you're going to come, and what we're asking you to do is to share your story for 15 to 20 minutes about life in the NFL. We're calling this event Faith and football life in the NFL. We start at 10 o'clock. It's during our regular worship service next Sunday morning. But we'll have an abbreviated time of music, and then we're going to let you speak. We want to hear your story, and then I'm going to have a panel of scholars come, and we're going to have a panel discussion looking at the issue of uh, the sports culture in America intersecting with Christian faith. Yes. We want to just try to identify you know, what is balance, since we already brought, brought up that good concept. Mm-hmm. And how much may we be moving into idolatry when it comes to the area of sports? And it's it's Super Bowl Sunday, so it's perfect. Jason, we're so glad you're going to come. I know you're going to do some special things that you can tell us about, uh, maybe some uh, things with the kids or whatever you want to do. But the, the panelists that are going to join us, I have some fellow professors from Maloney University and staff ministers also who will be part of that panel discussion. Open to the public. There will be questions and answers on this issue of sports in America and Christianity. And again, if I can just say this thing as well, Jason. If you want to look up on the web, you can find our church address on the web. It's www.churchofnewhope.com. Yes. Again, the Church of New Hope in Ohio on Darrow Road at 10 a.m. next Sunday. So, And you know yes. what? Yeah, Joel, I have to share this with you, man. I, I We want to pack 
out the house there. I mean, I, I want standing room only. And the rationale is, is that so many times in society, I mean, we replace having those uh, key relationships with the Lord, those key relationships with friends and family with other things. So it's not just professional sports, but it's just things, whatever it may be, trying to keep up with the Joneses, the newest car, the biggest house, whatever those things may be. And this is an opportunity to come and really dig deep into the whole idea of how sports can sometimes get in the way of having those relationships. And I want people to show up because it's going to be a fun fun conversation but then also i'm going to share some nuggets with you that you otherwise normally wouldn't hear about you know playing in the national football league i'm going to have some giveaways for people there'll be follow-up as well you'll be able to uh, go on to my website and and stay connected with me in that way but we want you to show up at the church of new hope and we want to bless you by being there and like i said we'll have giveaways i'll be signing some autographs as well And we want you to connect with us. If you've ever had a question that you wanted answered, this is your opportunity. It's going to be Super Bowl Sunday. We want to see you there at 10 a.m. We want to interact with you, have some fun, bring your children. You know, we'll have some photo opportunities as well and uh, some giveaways. So it's just really important. Joe, I want to share with you that I'm proud of you, man. I'm I'm proud of just the the way you lead uh, others, the way you're living your life. And I just want to applaud you. You make sure you continue to do that. And we're looking forward to next Sunday at 10 a.m., okay? Yeah, Jason, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to you coming and being with us next Sunday as well. All right, excellent. Hey, everyone, you have been listening to Dr. Jason Carthen, the leadership linebacker on Discover the Leader in You. My beautiful bride was with us today as well. And I tell you what, we're excited about growing and developing you and your leadership and business skills. Stay tuned. Next week, we're going to be talking about publishing. If you've ever wanted to publish, this is your moment. This is your opportunity. We're going to give you some key topics. Take care, everybody. Talk to you soon. been listening to discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker dr jason carthen we want to hear from you connect with us now visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com like us on facebook at facebook.com slash jasoncarthen enterprises follow us on twitter at jason carthen let's keep the conversation going and if you want to listen to the podcast go to jasoncarthenradio.com Be sure to join us every Sunday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, to discover the leader in you. This is AM 1420, The Answer, WHK, Cleveland, a service of Salem Communications, the NASDAQ at SALM, AM 1420, The Answer. The following is not an actor, but a real